be a DJ. In the year 3013, everybody want to be a producer. In the year 3013, everybody want to tell you the meaning of music. Yo, I'm a there. My name's Madison. I'm a friend of Toby's who's sometimes on this podcast. He'll be co-hosting tonight. He got a bit tired, so I decided to record the intro for him, even though I have no idea what this podcast is about. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Best Friends Fancast, an Allison Rosen fan podcast. I'm one of your guest hosts for the week, Toby Milton. And I'm Whitney Chandler. This week we will talk about the Monday show with Stephanie Allen and the Thursday show, Personal News, David's Potato Salad, and Allison's Hand Flapping. Uh, so, Stephanie Allen, do you are you familiar with her, Whitney? I am familiar. I watched the TIG documentary. And I also went and saw Tig live last summer, and I, I love Tig. So I knew a little bit about Stephanie from the doc- documentary, but just listening to the episode, I really liked it a lot. I think she's great. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of her from, uh, she's been on Comedy Bang Bang, I believe, uh, with Tig, and a couple times maybe. Uh, and I watched uh, a show with, Jermaine Clement, or a movie rather, called The People, Places, Things, and she was in that uh, as well, and I think she was on another show with uh, the Pistol Shrimps, maybe on Comedy Bang Bang or something, but I'm familiar with her, like, in bit parts of things, but I haven't watched, I guess then that means you haven't watched One Mississippi either? No, I put it on my list of things to watch I have a gmail document of movies and tv shows and books I want to read um and it's still on there even after it's unfortunately been canceled but I am gonna get around to it one day ah sounds good I guess sorry before we uh should get into that we should probably do some shout outs uh I'll start by saying shout out to Lisa who can't be hosting this week because of internet issues and shout out to Lil Rafi who I believe is in Mexico. I think that is the reason that he's not doing this time. Uh, and shout out to you, Whitney, who I'm talking to on the phone for the first time, but we talk a lot uh, on the internet. Oh, and shout out to yeah. shout out to Lauren as well, my friend Lauren, who did the reading last week, because uh, she's awesome. That reading great i really enjoyed it of course as an english teacher i was like yes literacy go <laughs> lauren <laughs> um i want to say shout out to rachel because rafi got a shout out on the thursday show from david huntsberger himself because Raphael went to the show in denver uh, yes. but rachel didn't get a shout out even though rachel was right beside him oh, so yeah. shout out to you rachel yeah, well, you know how hesitant David is to uh, include Allison fans because of the shunning that they uh, that he receives at the at the the junk show. 
Uh, right. Right. Yeah. So I have here to ask, but she was she's in the part of the Pistol Shrimps, which is uh, with the basketball team, and also it was a documentary. So did you see that documentary? With the pis- the Pistol Shrimps. Yeah, with the Pistol Shrimps. I did not. Okay. Uh, I know that. No. What am I missing out on? Uh, well, it's funny. I mean, like it's that Aubrey Plaza used to be on that basketball team. And she is no longer, I can't remember if the documentary covers her leaving the team or not, but uh, she's, she was at least still on it for part of the documentary. So that's, you know, it's a funny group of people. Uh, Stephanie's funny and uh, Aubrey Plaza is really funny. And everyone on the Pistol Shrimps is funny as well. So it's a, it's a funny, it's a funny watch for sure. Uh, I guess they have like a pretty big following because they mentioned later on in the questions from our fans segment that there's a podcast dedicated to the pistol shrimps. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, they have special nicknames and everything. It sounds really cool. Yeah, it is. It's a cool, like cool group of, uh, people playing together in a basketball team and the whole league is pretty cool. If I remember correctly, Aubrey Plaza defected from, uh, the pistol shrimps to another team possibly. I might be wrong about that, but I think that's the story there. Uh, so growing up... Great Steph- name, though. Yeah, it is a great name. Uh, and <laughs> growing up, she moved around a lot. Uh, and uh, that prompted me. I was going to ask you, did you move around a lot when you grew up? No, we didn't. Um, my family has a little bit of like tribalism going on. Um, they tend to stay in the same area. Um, my brother and I, Jacob, you guys know Jacob, um, we're really the first people to move away in a long time. So, or it seems that if people do do move away, it's, it's temporary and they come back. So, uh, being that we don't intend to do that, we're kind of, um, anomalous in that way. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, I was born in Northern Ontario, sort of, well, People who were born in true northern Ontario would laugh at me for saying that, but north from where I'm at anyway. It's a couple hours north of Toronto. Uh, And then I've sort of lived all around Toronto until I moved out to London here. Uh, But yeah, sort of all in the same maybe four-hour radius, but a bunch of different places along the way. So yeah, I've moved a reasonable amount, but not nothing like cross-country or anything like that. Yeah, I was writing out the trajectory of her moving, and it seemed like she went from SoCal to Buffalo, just like back and forth, like a ping pong ball. Yeah, and like... Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it is real interesting, because I've been to California, and Buffalo is like a only a couple hours for me. There's a little geography for you, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, Buffalo's sort of, it's right near Niagara Falls. Uh, and so like, there's a part of, we, this part of Ontario gets a lot of, uh, American chains that are local and Buffalo gets some of the Canadian, like Tim Hortons and a few of the other Canadian chains. Uh, so it's sort of like as Canadian as the States gets is Buffalo, I guess. And California's like, we don't have anything like that here. So they're quite different for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like different experiences 
in each of those places because she talked about like in um, Claremont and Temecula, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's well, that's at least <laughs> how she pronounced it. So, uh, right. Uh, uh, she talked about how they were so, so like homogenous and like blonde, waspy, white Christian types of people, and I'm sure it was a different experience in Buffalo. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a working class town. Buffalo is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then she talked about theater kids uh, growing up at theater and how it made her feel unwelcome, but improv made her feel more welcome. And I sort of felt the same way when she said that, that Allison did, which is that uh, improv from the outside, even though I enjoy uh, improv, it has that vibe uh, for me anyway, that sort of like niche sort of clique clicky group feeling do you Mm -hmm. do you have that feeling from either improv or from theater um I do I never was into either one really um but it was definitely clicky at least in school settings there were always like the the theater kids and they were like an impenetrable mass of people that they were just kind of like cool than you or a little bit more cultured than you or at least they thought they were um I don't get that vibe from Stephanie but it it felt clickish yeah I agree with you yeah I have some friends in improv and uh it it's funny because outside of I only I knew more of them from like parties and stuff like that and it always felt like a lot of them were on all the time and so it made me afraid mm-hmm. to go. But once I actually went to the, the performances, they were great. Uh, and so, like, I think it just depends on the depends on the people. Not all of them, but certainly some of them have that sort of uh, all of life is a stage feeling, or at least that's what I get <laughs> yeah. from it. So that uh, can be a bit much sometimes. But I don't get that from Stephanie at all. She seems super laid back and awesome. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed her vibe. I thought she and Allison had good conversations the whole hour. Yeah, me too. I thought I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, so she talked about meeting and dating Tig, uh, which she didn't realize that she was gay. And when they were dating, they basically hung out as friends. Uh, and Tig sort of like didn't seem all that interested in uh, maybe figuring being there for Stephanie to figure out what she is until she did. And then obviously they've spent their, they've been together since then. Uh, and I, I mean, I got the sense that maybe it's because she grew up, uh, in religious schools or in areas that didn't, didn't, uh, have as many gay people or so she didn't, that she sort of locked away that part of her brain or something is the sense that I got anyway. Uh, and so I was going to ask, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about your experience, uh, and where you grew up in terms of recognizing, you know, people who are LGBTQ in the community and, uh, yeah. where you fit in with that, I guess. Good question. Um, so I grew up in a really evangelical Christian kind of environment, um, And they're not known to be the most accepting of LGBTQ people. 
Um, my brother is gay. And when he came out, there was a bit of um, strife associated with that. And it's still kind of like upsetting to think about it for both of us um, yeah. because the, the support really wasn't there. And so I think that could have been a big thing that affected Stephanie and her, um, not really her attitude toward it, but just her not really um, identifying with it. And I thought it was also interesting the way that she mentioned um, she had thought about being gay in like a primarily sexual way. Yeah. But yeah. she didn't realize that it was emotional, really. Like she, she had this, this deep connection with Tig and she saw the sexual parts of it just as a way of connecting. So I think that's something that holds a lot of people back when they think about uh, same-sex relationships. People who are not accepting of them maybe don't see it as an emotional thing as much as they think of it as like a sex act. And that's kind of uh, disappointing. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, even in uh, completely heterosexual relationships, I mean, sexual activity only makes up such a small portion of a relationship that uh, anything that is based solely around that is not going to make for a good relationship anyway. Uh, but I find like... I loved Tig's response. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say like, I, I read somewhere that kids these days only are only a very small percentage of the generation sort of below us uh, identify as solely hetero or solely homosexual. And that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. to me because, you know, I'm heterosexual, I think, <laughs> entirely. But it doesn't, you know, like I, I had a roommate before that I was really close with and everyone joked that we're gay. And it like, I'm not joked in a mean way, but like called a, us husbands, which in a century right, we, yeah. we kind of were. And, uh, you know, before I got married we were going to buy a house together. So in a lot of ways, other than the sex, we were basically in a relationship. Uh, and, you know, we're really close and stuff like that. So it's, there's a lot of other aspects to it than just the sex. So it was neat to hear her talk about that from someone who figured all of that out along the way. Right. Um, I, w I was totally captivated by this whole part of the podcast. And I thought it was laugh out loud funny when she talked about how she wrote this long email to Tig and was kind of trying to um, break ties with her, you know, like I've got to, I've got to figure this out. You know, I'm not gay. I really like you, but I'm just not gay. So I don't understand, you know, and she was kind of pushing her away and then Tig back. Okay. Tyke. <laughs> and I laughed. <laughs> yeah. I, I laughed a lot at that. So hard. Yeah. It's such a like Tig response, you know, just what I know of her from comedy it's just so funny to me and it you know obviously Stephanie was like okay well this this is it like this is who I'm supposed to be with she's so amazing <laughs> yeah they yeah obviously but I mean it sounds like she had a lot of uh, a lot to break down internally to get there but you could tell that she felt that way all the time but her brain had a lot to sort out to get there or something her heart didn't and Tig was I like mean, Allison that, said that Sorry, Allison said what? 
Oh, Allison said that she saw Stephanie more clearly than Stephanie saw herself. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, after that, they talked about uh, sexual assault and sort of how after the Louis stuff had come out and people were discussing about that, that uh, she sort of realized how integrated sexual assault had become in every woman's life, which is, you know, that was sort of how the Me Too movement came to be, just like how disgustingly normal it was for women have that experience yeah yeah I've talked about this with uh, some of my co-workers yeah because we're high school teachers that's primarily a female field and just sitting around the lunchroom table we all had like a me too story and it was just unbelievable we have one male co-worker so you know we turned to him and he was like I, I hadn't I had no idea that you guys would have been affected by things like this it's like kind of like the way the young people see themselves as invincible. I think a lot of men see the women around them as being invincible in a way that is not necessarily true. Although invincible is the wrong word. I, I think that um, men kind of see women as being like um, just some, people that would not be affected by this when, when they are. Yeah. And I, I think that gets cuts to the core of it, right? You know, like, even myself, I can, I see, I, I can acknowledge that women have that experience. But then I think about my friends and I'm like, oh, they're not the kind of guys who would do that. But I mean, surely all of us men, or at least some of us must have crossed some lines. It's not like only five men out there doing this to all of the women and it's microtransgressions. It's all of these, all of these things that I'm sure all of us are guilty of, but you don't really think about it. But yeah, everyone, you know, every, every woman has experienced something like this. And it always seems to be that, you know, if you can get a woman to admit to the, the worst of their experience, that it's way worse. Every woman's been experienced something way worse than you imagined that they would. And you don't think of them as affected Maybe as from a male perspective, I mean, you don't see that, think of them as their entire life has changed from that, but you know, it, it obviously has altered in everyone's lives. So I'm I'm glad that it's. I'm not sure where it's going to go, but I'm glad it's all out in the open now, being discussed. And uh, yeah, definitely, it's nice to see people talking about it, and you know, people realizing that it's something that's been there all along, even if there weren't, it, there weren't, um, hashtags and there weren't TV episodes about it before. And there weren't front page news pieces before, but it's always been a part of women's lives. So it needs to be a part of a societal discussion now. Yeah. And I mean, it takes, it takes a lot from everybody to make a change on that, uh, that front but hopefully we can we can get there and i mean it's up to it's up to everybody to call out the people that they see and uh make changes you know to themselves as well as anything that they see yeah do, definitely do you have anything else for monday before we move on to thursday 
Oh, let's see. I'm looking over my notes. Oh, this this was a fun bit of research I tried to do. Alice, the store in Claremont that she went to that had a really funny name. Do you remember her talking about that? Uh, yeah, when they w- they went off on a little bit of a tangent about Claremont, right? And uh, right. Yeah, go ahead. Um, she said that there was a store there called Carkle's Duty or something like that. I don't know how to spell it. Okay. It's a really weird word in the first place. Weird name for a store. So I tried to do a little bit of research to figure out what the store was and what they sold. And I got a Google Womp. Do you know what that is? Like a, like a no from Google? Yeah, like a zero result. Your search returns zero results. So <laughs> and weird. it could just be the weird way that I spelled it. You know, it could be just completely off the mark because I had no idea how to spell it. Yeah, but it's hard to get. But it, it was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get a no results from uh, Google, so that is right. that is interesting. I mean, I don't. Yeah, know I tried that... to type in all sorts of variations, and I just kept getting nothing, nothing, nothing. And I was like, "This is so statistically improbable," but it happened. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Oh, and also speaking of the internet, have you ever written anything for Wikipedia? Uh, I have made an edit before, but I didn't, it was information that I had, like, from a verbal conversation or something, and uh, they asked for citations, and so I I went looking for citations, and the, the, the change that I made was denied on the base that I didn't have any citation. Wow. What about you? No. No, I never have. Um... Maybe I'm just not smart enough. <laughs> <laughs> I highly doubt that. <laughs> I don't know enough about anything to be of use to Wikipedia. Everyone else has already figured out more than I ever would about anything. So <laughs> I'm just going to sit over here and mind my own business, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and teach the next generation about, like, things that already exist, yeah. right? Yeah, that's your job. Exactly. The uh, children of the future. That's right. Uh, so on Thursday, or onto the Thursday episode, we were Allison's little sunflower buttercups. Yeah. Have you ever had a sunflower buttercup? Never once. Have you? Uh, no. There's some weird nut butter, carob coated thing at the health food store near me, but it's definitely not a sunflower buttercup. But it, I'm almost positive that such a thing does, in fact, is, exist. Uh, just because. Yeah, I was really thinking, like, I bet I bet he's had this because you're vegan, right? Yeah, I am, yeah. But I haven't had that, but uh, yeah. one of my notes on this episode <laughs> is that there was a lot of vegan-positive conversation. Uh, there was. And I was, I felt really strongly about that, so good for David and Allison for talking about that. Everyone else was mostly silent on the fact, but that's okay. Anyway, <laughs> I don't need everybody yeah, to be well, vegan. We, we lucked out on uploads because we got a lot of vegan chat. And the good news that Allison shared was just so exciting. Yes, yeah, so we might as well talk about that. She's pregnant again, and I can't believe that. Yeah. Uh, here we are, the two not hosts of this show, getting to talk about <laughs> <laughs> getting to talk about this awesome news that she's pregnant again. I'm excited for her. Yeah, me too. I really hope that it sticks and I'm super happy she's uh, let us in on the experience uh, so early and I kind of agree with David 
on the the fact that we've sort of set this uh, set it up so that we don't tell people about pregnancies until it's uh, you know until it's stuck or has a better chance of sticking. But as a result, uh, the parents go through this whole experience where they're keeping it secret, but and then they might suffer a loss that they never can really talk about or only talk about those that they're close with. And it does set up this sort of isolation thing, I, I think. That's sort of how I feel about it anyway. Yeah, that seems to be the consensus among people I know. Although most people that I know have chosen to wait, um, at least when it comes to like announcing it on social media, which, you know, is definitely understandable. Whatever a woman chooses to do is perfectly acceptable. But it does seem like a lot of people choose to wait until that moment where they feel like now it's safe. Yeah. Um, and that that does make it just harder to be for people who may be going through something that you don't even know about unless they've chosen to confide in you. So um, I'm glad that she let us in and, you know, we'll be there for her no matter what. But hopefully we won't have to cross any sad bridges. Yeah, I feel the same way. And uh, I was, I think my first appearance on this podcast was when she, it was either my first or second appearance that she had found out that her twins was only just Elliot. So she obviously yeah. was sharing things, maybe not this early, but fairly early at the time. Uh, and because she was so open about the, the process leading up to this, I don't know if she backed herself into a corner or how you would say it, but like, because she has a lot of people asking about it, because she's talking about the the procedures of implants people are going to be asking so it's a long time to kind of hold on to that information but she's always been so open about you know many things in her life it seems like she's the one to share and then other people in her life are the ones that are kind of like um maybe not maybe don't share this about me <laughs> so yeah and it, it seems like she's chosen that path yeah and it was interesting to hear daniel's conflict on that uh because you could hear he was like, I'm very nervous about this, <laughs> sharing it so early. Because uh, David said, I'm uncomfortable. And Daniel was like, I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But he has to know that. She and then when she said, you know, twins, he was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. He, he was rubbing his nose, said Renee, right? Like, but I mean, I, I could see that, like. You know, I have two kids and, uh, you know, I had planned on, we had planned on having two when we had Nora, we were going to have another one and then decided not to. But uh, the idea for me of getting it out of the way is one thing like, oh, I want two kids. Oh, good. I got two kids at once. Like, it's a lot of work, but at least like, yeah, there it is. Then you can just sort of uh, cap it off or whatever, right? But if you have if you have two on your <laughs> second one, then that means you have three when you really only intended to have two, and that's like that to me is more than taller, more than I could handle. I think. Yeah, more than you bargained for. More than I bargained for, for sure. But it would be so cute. It would be so cute. Yeah, and uh, I cheer her on in that because I don't have to deal with it. But <laughs> <laughs> there are definitely no more kids coming my way. 
Um, yeah, we the fans would get the benefits, you know, the cute Instagram pictures and the stories. Yeah. And then she and Daniel would have to deal with the repercussions and the sleepless nights and the sleepless days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, if he could take paternity leave. But then it's not like here in Canada, we get a lot of paid time off and there they don't, right? So that's, or there you don't, I should say. <laughs> it's, it's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's a much bigger deal. Uh, um, yeah, the U.S. is uh, shitty on maternal and paternal leave. I think men get nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, guaranteed by the government, they get nothing. Most private companies will give you a couple of days, but oh, literally just a couple of days, which oh is ridiculous. God. And then for women, it's like um, you get six weeks where you're guaranteed not to lose your job. But after that, um, no, no federal guarantee. Oh my God. And no money. Even when you take those six weeks off, there's no. Um, the, the employer doesn't have to give you any compensation is just time off. So pretty please, different. Yeah. I beg of you and all of the podcast community to please come move to my country where we get 12 months <laughs> of government paid 60% of your salary. And then most companies like top it up for eight of those months. So it's like, oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. I, I have considered it. Yeah. Yeah, I really have. Um, the the gun situation, not to get too political, you know, but it just feels like, as a as a high school teacher, yes, it just feels like um, somewhat inevitable in a way that's really deeply depressing and yeah. scary. So the thought has crossed my mind. We'll just leave it there. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> moving along. <laughs> Uh, then they talk Oh, to... I have a question about kid stuff, though. Absolutely. Because I don't have any. So you have, you know, much better stories than I do. <laughs> they talked at the beginning of the, of the podcast about cute little baby words, like how Elliot is calling pears nanos. Oh, yeah. And so I was wondering if you or, or if any of your kids had words like that that kind of stuck in your vocabulary well after they stopped actually thinking that's what those things oh were. yeah yeah that's funny uh nora couldn't she had trouble with uh combined consonant sounds uh when she started not anymore obviously but uh so she instead of gross she used to say galosh uh <laughs> and so sometimes i'll still say oh that's galosh <laughs> But she doesn't like she she said gross for like the last five years or something, but I'll still say it yeah. about something. Uh, I think it's funny, but uh, that's super cute. Yeah, Mark's sister, um, when she would ask for something that she wasn't supposed to have, like let's say candy, her dad would always say, "You don't need any candy," mm. and then she would say back, "Nini candy," like yes, I do need the candy. Yeah. So often when the dogs are getting into something they're not supposed to do, or if one of us is eating candy that we shouldn't eat, Mark and I will say to each other, Nini ice cream. <laughs> I like that. That's really good. Nini treats or Nini, Nini mud or whatever the thing is, like the dogs aren't supposed to be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so Allison, when, when Daniel's seemingly lovingly kissed her on the arm, well, she was sleeping. She said, no, 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 no. 
And uh, that, <laughs> that made me wonder if you uh, have any physical contact issues, either at certain <laughs> points or just in general. Um, I can't think of anything like that. Although I do, you know, my uh, sleeping issues are well documented on this post. Um, we, I, I haven't been in that situation where I scream no, 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 <laughs> at a kiss or or a, a hug or some piece of physical contact. But that was pretty funny. Yeah. What about you? Uh, not in particular. Uh, sometimes when I'm really anxious. Uh, physical contact is not something that I seek out, but I'm pretty good about just being like, n not right now, you know, because sometimes Nora will want to snuggle when I'm feeling anxious, and it's it's just yeah. a, it's just a lot uh, to be. It, there's a lot of stimulus in those moments, and I I get the sense that that was what was happening here. Although it was really funny to hear them talk about it, but I get the sense <laughs> that she was just like. You know, she even said uh, physical contact. She felt like she was being overstimulated for trying to fall back asleep. And I guess I can get that. Uh, sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night, I'll start thinking about work or the weekend or money or anything like that. And I have to say to my brain that basically, no, 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 no. Like, it's four hours from when you need to wake up. This is not the time to start tackling major, major life issues. Yeah. I follow a girl on Twitter. Um, her at name is Queen Quinn. Yeah. Q-U-E-N. She's really funny, but she struggles with uh, some anxiety issues herself. And the other day she tweeted that when she says that she wants a hug, if she's feeling stressed out or anxious or whatever, what she really means is like, I want you to come lay fully down on top of me and press all of your body weight into me. That's what I mean by I want to hug I want to feel completely like pressed into another person and that reminded me of the Grey's Anatomy episode where they did that they like sandwiched an, a character into a hug and although obviously it doesn't work for all people it's not something that everybody would want um that's maybe something that works for some people yeah and I think uh you know that's why it sounds like that's uh basically gravity blankets which some people have asked about uh, both in the Facebook group and I think Allison was asking about gravity blankets too, uh, is that that sensation of... And sometimes that's the thing, is people might be overstimulated by soft touches or soft contact, mm -hmm. uh, but firm, uh, committed contact can, be, can have a different impression on people. Yeah, Allison has actually mentioned that before. I don't remember exactly if it was on a podcast or maybe like a live or something, but I remember that she said sometimes Daniel will touch her in like a light way, like kind of absentmindedly like scratch her hand or arm or something. And it just makes her kind of like recoil, like, stop. So it, it is interesting. It's like the... the Firm, heavy weight pressing down on you. It reminds me of the x-ray vest at the dentist office, and I love the feeling. Oh, yeah. No, I like that, too. I have a gravity, or I have borrowed a gravity blanket, and I really enjoy it, that feeling. But it, 
can also have the sort of uh, reverse effect on me of feeling extra trapped by something. So it, it all really depends for me. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, okay, so they, uh, yes please, or bitch please, about dark chocolate versus <laughs> mi- milk chocolate. Uh, and sort It of... really cracks me up that Allison cannot remember the name of her own segment. <laughs> oh, I know. You know what? I, like, I hope they never remember what it actually is, because it's part of the fun for me <laughs> is, like, all of the conversation around... The, you know, there's five minutes of conversation on what the segment is called before they jump into it. And poor Trap Dog is going to have to change that song like seven times before they ever <laughs> land on something. Yeah, and at a certain point in this chat, she switched from using no police, like a sarcastic police. Yeah. And then it started being, yes, police. And I was like, no, Allison, that's the wrong one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, so it seemed from this conversation that uh, the men were dark chocolate and the women were milk chocolate and Jeff sat on the sidelines, sort of refusing to take a side. Uh, so where do you fall on that? Oh, I love a good milk chocolate. Which is funny because here another woman on the milk chocolate side again. But there's just something so irresistible about like a sweet creamy melt in your mouth piece of milk chocolate i appreciate dark chocolate as long as it's not too bitter but i feel like um people who like really dark chocolate a lot of the time although of course it's not everyone but a lot of the time it's kind of like a bragging rights thing you know like i'm up to 91 percent bro you know like (laughs) like a like a hot sauce heat kind of competition (laughs) At a certain point, are you even enjoying it anymore? Are you just trying to get a bigger number than the dude next door? This is like a date measuring competition now. You know? Like (laughs) the the cacao bros. (laughs) Exactly. But with that being said, what do you, what are we, what's your opinion? I think it's sort of unfair for me to weigh in on this because uh, most of the chocolate, especially for years uh, that I could have, was dark chocolate. Uh, so there are certain brown mm-hmm. brands of dark chocolate covered almonds that I can have or almond bark or whatever. Uh, and so I'll eat them. Uh, but recently there is these things called mini moose that is uh, coconut milk chocolate. And they make like a honeycomb one with some sugar, some browned sugar crisps on the outside. And then another one that's like a mint chocolate. And they're so, so good. And they're in the milk chocolate style. And for me, I don't like that 95% cocoa. Like, that's it's bitter, and I don't really like that. Although, like, when they talked about the cupcakes and stuff like that, I do find that I can eat, like, four or five of the cupcakes. And people are always like... Th- that's my biggest beef about it, is that people have just naturally assumed that chocolate, which is a bean from a tree isn't vegan because of the association with chocolate and milk in here. And that's like, so that for me, I actually don't really care. Like I I like dark dark chocolate quite a bit and I like vegan milk chocolate is I can eat more of it. Although uh, like Renee, I do kind of feel like shit when I eat it. So 
<laughs> but it, like, it tastes really good. It it satisfies that immediate uh, sugar craving. But for for me, the spin on this that I wanted to talk about more was the same thing David talked about, which is so when people say they like chocolate but not dark chocolate, that's where like the nature's version of it is not what they're talking about. And I've always been a big defender of black licorice. And so when people say they like licorice and then they're like, oh, I don't like black licorice. I'm like, but the plant licorice is black licorice. (laughs) That is where that flavor. (laughs) When you say you like red licorice, you like a cherry chewy candy that doesn't have anything to do with licorice at all. They just called it red licorice. And I, so that it made me think that, Uh, and I've also, also, like, it made me think about the fact that whether it's dark chocolate, or for a long time I didn't have caffeine, uh, so I only had white chocolate. This was before I was vegan, because there's not a lot of vegan white chocolate. And when I was a kid, I ate, like, do you know the chocolate bar Big Turk? Do you have that there? Um, I'm unfamiliar. It's like a Turkish delight, wrapped with milk chocolate, and then eat more. Do you know that one? These might be Canadian. No, I'm totally uncultured. Oh, my God. I'm going to send you some Big Turks and eat more. And then you're going to tell me I was an idiot when I was a kid, probably, (laughs) because nobody else liked them. They're like weird ass chocolate bars. One is the eat more is like a molasses chocolate peanut chew. So it's like uh, sounds like old people food. (laughs) Yeah, my dad liked them. So there was always like 30 of them around the house. And that's how I. But as as a kid, I always liked candy that other people didn't like because I could take it and leave it out or whatever and nobody would ever eat it. So it was always like I didn't have to worry about hiding it or anything that and I could always eat it. That's like that was my thing about strange candy, I guess. Yeah, that's a great plan. Um, Mark hates coconut. So anytime I'm going to buy like chocolate that I want to hoard myself and not have to share, I get the kind that has a little bit of chocolate like flavoring or right now I have dark chocolate covered coconut almond treat things. And Mark is staying away, nice. which is great. It's all mine. Oh, those sound delightful. <laughs> is that like a, what is that? Like a mounds or something? Like it sounds like mounds. Um, I got a bag of them at Sam. No, it wasn't Sam's. I was at Costco ah. and I don't remember exactly what they're called I don't think they have like a like a candy name they're not individually wrapped um they just came in like a one bag so I have a lot of this chocolate candy and I can't promise how long it'll be around because it's really good (laughs) and it's your summertime you should be enjoying it yeah but the goal isn't to have to buy a new wardrobe at the end of the summer because I gained 10 or 20 pounds so you know what we'll have to practice some moderation I feel you because I'm not eating any bread products right now. Well, today I had a sandwich. But other than that, no bread products for the same reason. When I got this new job, I bought uh, seven new pairs of Banana Republic Um, chinos. Go ahead. Are you trying to back into that size or are those those like your current size that you don't want to out? Yeah, no. Right, so you don't want to grow. That's exactly it. I almost burst a button on my new wardrobe and I was like oh here we go gotta gotta maintain this size I guess (laughs) because it cost me a lot of money to buy all these new clothes and I'm not doing that again yeah I think uh 
most women have clothes in their wardrobe that they're trying to back down into, which is kind of sad, <laughs> but I definitely do it as well. Like a, a large portion of my wardrobe that I actually wear and they just sit there. Um, hope, I mean, I say it's motivation, but really it's like a tool to beat myself up because I used to be able to wear it. And now I can't, it's kind of twist. I'll just do it. Yeah. I mean, I try to talk as much as I can about that. Cause I feel like that's a thing that maybe women experience or at least talk about more. Uh, and it's certainly portrayed in magazines and stuff, the sort of body image issues, but, uh, I don't know about all men, but I certainly have that, you know, I've always had, whether it's mm -hmm. between diet or uh, when I was working nights or just being vegan, I've sort of always been able to do whatever I want and not work out very much and maintain a body. And now I'm 35 years old and I sit on a chair most of the day and uh, I don't work nights and I'm not that stressed anymore. So it's like, all of a sudden I have to actually put some effort in and I realized I'm probably have maybe some issues that I didn't really consider. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. So you're definitely not alone in that. All right. The only other note I have is talking, Alison talking about hand flapping while taking her pills. I'm not sure if that's the JMO you picked, <laughs> but that, that made me laugh a lot. So I was wondering if you have any pill taking habits or, whether you can take them dry or. Um, no, I think they can take pills dry or like they have a terrifying amount of chaotic energy. <laughs> I don't know how to handle it. I can't, <laughs> I can't even imagine dry swallowing pills, but yeah, the JMO was correct because I see that on TV all the time and I know it's just a more dramatic effect and that's why they do it. But in real life, I don't think I've ever seen a person throw back a couple pills just completely dry. And I know I definitely can't do it. I, I like to have some liquid in my mouth already, then add the pills to that, and then drink more liquid to get them down. And I can take a handful in that manner, but I could never do even one pill without liquid. What about you? No, most, like in a pinch I can do it, but the odd times it like scrapes my throat or gets stuck in my throat. And that's just the worst feeling. So I try and usually I can put them in my mouth and then uh, down them fine with liquid. I don't need the, the pre-liquid. But I know some people who can put like <laughs> 10 or 15 in their mouth and swallow it in one go with, uh, with liquid. So that's uh, impressive to me when, that, when, <laughs> when you can do that. I take um, like a mix of like five vitamins at night and I, I take those all in one hand handful, but with, with the liquid, that's a necessity to me. I don't, I don't do the hand flapping thing. I think Allison might be alone in that. Do you flap the hand? Uh, I don't, but I probably, if I get, uh, if I get one stuck in my throat, I'm sure I make a face that I'm unaware that I'm making. So I'll, uh, next time I get one stuck in my throat, I'll look in a mirror <laughs> and report back about how I look. <laughs> I bet it's not very good. Uh, yeah, do that. Do that. I will. Do you have anything else from Thursday? Um, I picked a JMO, but it came from the Monday episode. 
Uh, I think mine did too as well, but uh, so nothing else from Thursday. Let's move on to JMO's. Go ahead. What did you pick? Um, I picked one from Jen. She said, when I'm given a piece of paper to keep, I automatically fold it into horizontal thirds and put it in my purse. And Stephanie said she's good at organization. Of course, we know Allison is not. (laughs) And I just have to say, how disorganized I ought a personal a desk situation that is out of control. I think I lost you here. That's why. Oh. Hello. Are you there? Yeah, I think I okay. lost you, though. Why don't you start back? At the, I know that was a lot, but uh, why don't you start back at Allison's Not Organized? Oh, okay. So Allison's level of visualization is confounding to me because it's not something that I struggle with personally. I know a lot of people do, but I just can't imagine having like my desk stress me out more than I'm already stressed out. I, d- I don't want it to be something adds to my level of stress I can't imagine having like piles of clothes where I don't know if these things are useful to me anymore or not and I don't have a system for like way my mom um so it just seemed natural because she taught my brother and I from such an early age, like how to how to file things and how to label things and that was something she was always doing around the house so I saw it in action but just on a personal level when Allison talks about her lack of organization it's always just like in boggling in something that's I because it seemed a hold of it and step Sorry, I lost you at when you started talking about Stephanie. Right. You there? Yeah. Okay, I lost you when you started talking about Stephanie. Oh, I just said Stephanie was like, yeah, I'm pretty organized. I don't oh. really understand what the problem is, Allison. <laughs> it's always funny when Allison's like, everyone's like this, right? And they're like, mm-hmm, not really. <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh, great. I feel neurotic for no reason. So I chose this JMO because Mark told me when we first got married in like the aisle of Target and I was one of those boxes that you put on your stand to kind of keep everything from your pockets corralled, like your change and your wallet and kind of rolled his eyes and said, as soon as you get a wife, everything goes into a box. It goes into a box or it goes into a tray. Why, do my, why does my stuff to be in a box why do a tray for all the tv remotes why can't they just sit there <laughs> and i thought it was so funny because it's absolutely true at least for me when he got a wife he got a bunch of boxes and a bunch of trays yeah i think that's a pretty standard man woman <laughs> situation uh <laughs> at least yeah i think that's 
pretty normal, but uh, maybe in, in Allison's case, maybe Daniel is the more organized one. I'm not. He doesn't really talk about his organizational techniques, but uh, he seems fairly careful not to tread on her lack of organization. Yeah, he said he was going to get that Allison was going to get some quants method organization lessons when they move into the new house. So I'd <laughs> love to see that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, it, it did sound slightly threatening, even though I could tell that he was just joking. But uh, it was funny. <laughs> it was certainly funny. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else from Thursday? Uh, no, I think I'm all good. What about you? Uh, no, that uh, wraps up all of my notes. Uh, so why don't you tell people where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at Whitney Neal. That's N-E-I-L. Um, I have an unlocked Twitter for the summer, so hop on now and I'll follow you back. And then in late July or early August, I'll lock it back down so that my students can't find me as easily. And my administrators can't get all in my face about political tweets or whatever. Come get it while the getting's good, I guess. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> uh, you can find me at TMILT on Twitter. Uh, at Tobart on Instagram. Uh, and I have put some songs up on my SoundCloud, which can probably be found if you're listening to this on SoundCloud uh, by finding me in the followers list. Uh, and you can follow the show's Twitter at BFFancast. Uh, you can follow Raphael at RMC Guitars. You can find Lisa at JMOs and BFF. I think that is it. Thank you for listening.
I'm the man from the big VA. Hey, Won't you come play around my way? Uh huh. And listen to what I gotta say. Uh huh. Simple plan. Don't you know I am the man? Uh -huh. Rock shows here in Japan. Uh -huh. Have people shaking, shaking my hand. Uh -huh. Baby girl, uh -huh. better known as Ali. Ali. Give me goosebumps and high feet. Make a play haters believe. believe. Don't you know? What? Gotta tell somebody. Cause, Cause I really need somebody. Uh -huh. Tell me you got somebody. If I Is it my goal?